Are you ready, Chris? There it is. There it is. And I believe the audio is all working this time, which we comment on every time. Hello and welcome to Still Unsponsored. I'm Chris. Hey, I'm Zach. Hey, you're Zach. Hey, Zach. How are you? I'm Zach. <laughs> How's Miami? Uh, it's pretty good today. We went for a walk this morning. Got my sunshine. What's Drink the temperature there? I don't know. 80. 80. It's cold in Sunny. Austin. It's 55. Uh, well, and since that well, is cold for me, my trip to Denver this week, where it's like the highs in the 50 and the lows in the 20s. Actually, I think Wednesday when I leave, it's going to be like minus six or something like that is the is the low. So. I So not to be an old man, but I'm being an old man and I'm being forced to take an Alaskan cruise. Actually, <laughs> forced is a strong word. I'm going on an Alaskan cruise later this year. Did you settle on that very, idea at your 4.30 dinner? Yes. Uh, it's 3.30. That's when the early bird special really is. Okay. Uh, I'm really worried, actually, because I don't even know where, I don't even know if I have a winter coat that still fits me. Uh, and we're going to Alaska after living in Texas and then now What Florida. time are you going it's to Alaska? What time of year are you going to Alaska? Like June. I think it's like early, early June. It's not going to be that bad. And it's, one, it's a cruise. And two... It's, it's in June, so it's going to be like going to Seattle a little bit. So this like is my prediction because the cruise route isn't that like you're not going way up there. You're just We're going way up. Way up. <laughs> way up. All the way up. All the way up. It's actually not a cruise. It's, it's a crabbing boat, and you've yeah. booked yourself as a crew I'll, member. I'll be on the Bering Sea. With this, Mike is, Rowe this is a new life hack from Zach. It's like it's yeah. a va- it's a working vacation, but you're actually just going to partake in one of the most deadliest jobs there is to feel yeah. alive. YOLO. YOLO. Yeah. Is that is that still a thing? Is YOLO still a thing? I I don't know. Um, no. Yeah. Well, YOLO, Chris. <laughs> That's a hell of an introduction. <laughs> There we go. Wow. We're, we're yeah. Hello. Pitching life hacks. Uh, yeah. It's like talking about the weather like old men. Beyond David Goggins style, right? Because that guy's like, go run 100 miles in a day. You're like, no, go book yourself on a crab fishing boat. Uh, go eat some fish. Go eat some fish. <laughs> that's that's still pretty mild. All right. Uh, we Chris, got a couple bad of news. Di- bad news. Yeah, but bad news. What? What? We broke our New Year's resolution. And like we we broke it pretty bad. Well, isn't it a year average? I mean, we fell off. Bandwagon. <laughs> uh, now you're changing the. Now you're changing it. So we have to record 52 episodes this year. Yeah, yeah. That's I. My interpretation of the rules was it was 52 episodes in the year. Okay. Well, then we got we got some making up to do. Right. Exactly. So if someone hears a cut right now and then it, like the music starts over, you'll know that there's a <laughs> there's a system that I'm gaming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got it. All right. Got it. Yeah. Um, all right. We got a good agenda. So we're going to talk a little bit about some audio equipment I'm testing. One password, we're returning to that topic, uh, as well as productivity on different devices. And then meetings at Shopify, as well as maintaining creative energy uh, in a remote environment. We're going to talk about using AI to write copy and maybe a little Google Analytics 4. So, and we're going to make this not a four hour episode. And cut. <laughs> there we go. Tweet length. <laughs> Done. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. So, th- this is just a blurb. So, basically, uh, I've been 
for the other podcast that I run for work. I want to do more like live in-person podcasts and I want it to be like super minimal setup. And so what I've kind of settled on is using the iPad with these DJI uh, wireless lav mics. So I'm actually simultaneously recording through the traditional method, which is what everyone's hearing right now, as well as on the side using the iPad uh, and the lav mic to see how it, how it all sounds. Uh, so I can compare audio later, but I'm hoping that basically this is going to give me the ability to sort of basically prop up an iPad or an iPhone, put the lav mic on the guest as well as me, and do the podcast live in person. And if the audio quality is good enough, then it's good enough. I was going to say, how you've, have you tested it with your other one? Is the quality good? It's good. It's not this good. So yeah. it's not full, you know soundboard, high quality, yeah. you know, condenser mic, good. But it gets the job done. But yeah, I think it's going to get the job done. Hmm. I think we're, we're aiming for passable. Cost, the little DJI things. What was that? How much do those things cost, the little lav mics? Uh, they're about 300 bucks for two of them. There's also a single thing. I see. So, yeah. Yep. How far can you go with them? Uh, that's an interesting question. It kind of depends on, well, Zach, <laughs> Since they're uh, RF based, and I am now a general class ham radio uh, person, here it is. Here it is. <laughs> I'll here be happy it is. to tell you here my opinions. Um, but yeah, like I, I think 100 yards would probably be pushing it. After that, you know, or a thin wall might also be pushing it. So, it's weird that's RF. I'm kind of surprised. Uh, it's it's uh, 2.4, so it's the same. It's like mm. old school Wi-Fi. So don't turn the microwave on. Don't turn the microwave on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So in in a empty field. So if you watch YouTube uh, reviews of these things, people you know get on a football field okay. and they'll like walk to the end of the field, and you'll still be able to hear them just fine. That's like ideal conditions because it's like line of yeah. sight between the transmitter and the receiver. Um, anything else that's going on, you know, and even other like Wi-Fi equipment, I would guess might have yeah. an interfere interference effect. So okay, yeah. Sounds like a fun experiment. Yeah, definitely is going to be a fun experiment. So, uh, actually, I was gonna oh, there goes the audio quality yeah. there, going uh -huh. away from the desk. Exactly. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. There we go. There we go. All right. <laughs> I wish uh, people could see what he's doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, we've been talking about one password in after the last pass hack, and you mm -hmm. were saying that you really like the the UI. I initially was, uh, I had gone to Bitwarden and then I moved to 1Password. And so I agree with you that 1Password is superior to Bitwarden in UI. The mm -hmm. But there are a couple things that are starting to make me just like, oh, I don't know if I've got this quite right or I don't know if I super love this uh, with 1Password. And they're all around like basically... Basically, one password I think locks itself too fast, you know. So I always feel like I'm putting them on my master password, where it is like with yeah. one, you know. So LastPass wasn't quite. Did you change the settings? Uh, yeah, I did, but I don't. It, it kind of seemed like the settings were either like eh, I don't care, like my computer's in a secure environment, or, uh, or you know, every ten minutes, you know. So I don't know. I I've been messing with them, but I don't feel like I found the right balance 
but yeah so for me it was the auto lock option that's the one i was i was like frustrated with it's probably the same one you're talking about yeah 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 uh yeah i should put it to never okay yeah the the features that i've been kind of frustrated with is like the auto fill uh of credit cards and in some instances i never do that in the first place oh yeah no auto fill for credit cards is like especially when i'm like trying to get food fast <laughs> oh. i feel like that's I, I need it to work right oh uh yeah i don't use that i still i'm still loving the two-factor thing though yeah yeah like the have rest you of it's have you noticed seamless. where it's smart enough to know that it's like a two-factor prompt so it just automatically pre-fills it for you like that is super slow on some websites on some yeah. websites yeah, yeah, but there's other websites where it's like it doesn't recognize that it's a password to begin with. And so the other thing uh, that I found is there is a lot of there's a lot of websites, especially the ones where it's like the username and password are separate, separate. Right. Mm-hmm. So it'll like ask you for a username and then it will display the password on those yeah. websites. It it seems to forget or not prompt you to autofill the uh, the password. And so then I'm like, okay, this is not, not ideal. So still better than last pass. I mean, it's better than, it's better than a product that's not getting worked on and is getting hacked. So yes. Yes. yeah, I, right, well, I do cool. like, well, I'm, the, glad, I'm glad. So the question is, are you going, going back to bit warden or are you no, going to stick with last? No, 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 no I'm pass? sticking with last pass at this point. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm just going to put in feature requests. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's interesting is I know for me, I mean, I'm mainly sitting in my front of my laptop all day, my monitors, mm-hmm. uh, the iPad experience leaves a little bit to be desired. Yeah. And I think you're a lot more iPad user than I am. Yes. Uh, so I know that I get a little frustrated on the iPad sometimes with those passwords. Yes. I think I know exactly what you're talking yes. about. Yes. I, have, on the, I have found that like I, when I'm browsing the internet, it's like the or, you know, like jumping in and out of password gated services, mm-hmm. the the one password takes the place of my messenger on the side rail. And mm-hmm. like I'm constantly popping it out to paste one time passwords or or other passwords because it's like it's not it's not I didn't have this problem with LastPass and I don't know exactly how to describe it, but I didn't have this problem with LastPass. Mm. So what browser are you using? Brave. Yeah, me too. I'm surprised you're having issues. Yeah. Brave on both. Which we should, you know what? We should add this to the topic. Marketers using Brave browser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about that real fast because sure. I, I uh, have been joking about this, especially when I'm talking to our lawyers. Uh, and I'm like, as a marketer, I would prefer that you would accept all the cookies uh, yeah. and allow us to track you. Um, as a person, I run Adblock, and I never, <laughs> I've been helping Apple uh, take chunks out of Facebook and Google by never ex- yeah. accepting uh, app tracking. Okay, so the question is, because I've been using Brave now for, oh, I don't know, what, a couple of years? How long has this thing been out for? Mm. A couple of years, right? Yeah. I mean, I was, I was probably one of the earlier ones. I think I've been uh, using it for like three years. Yeah, I think I was a fast follower after you, right before you. I can't remember. Yeah. But anyways, uh, question is this. 
because we don't see the internet as <laughs> people do that are not running adblock that are just using like a straight vanilla chrome for example mm-hmm. are we losing touch with what's working or not maybe maybe mm-hmm. i think you definitely do see a different internet you know oh and- I, I i agree too yeah every time i pop up like uh those new sites are the worst offenders Oh, like yeah. no matter where it is, CNN or Fox or MSNBC or BBC, I just see how many trackers are just. Speaking of which, I think mm. one of the greatest, I, I don't get this so much in Chrome's suggested news stories, but when you go to Google News and you're like browsing mm-hmm. news stories and you click on a news story and then it immediately like paywalls you, mm-hmm. I am surprised that Google still suggests those sites. Because that's see, I don't use I don't use Google News. I, I use Apple News, and I'm a, I'm a premium member. Well, I don't use Apple Google News. News any much anymore because of this problem. And mm. I understand that Google probably it feels like they need to play nice with these big media media organizations. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because there's been so much like back and forth over over this question, but yeah, it, it's from a user standpoint, it it's absolutely devastating to the product and it makes perfect sense why Apple news is such a better experience because you do pay a subscription fee and then you get basically a subscription to everything. You basically get a, Yeah. There's only a couple and it's, it's like Barron's for, you get like some Barron's articles, but not others. It's kind of weird. Uh, but yeah, yeah that's weird. That, that's weird. Anyway. So yeah, I don't know. Brave browser marketers should use it. I don't know. Uh, I, I like, if anything, I might go to Safari um, just for the battery savings on the laptop side. But that is, again, that is a much different experience than uh, even, even Chrome users have. Hmm. I know it's using Chromium Engine, yeah. but the the functions, the features, the... Like, my wife uses Safari, and half the sites still don't work with Safari browser. I'm like, just go load Chrome up if you need it. I think this is back to... It's almost like we've, we've re-entered a world where we were in you know like 2010 where you kind of had to like remember remember as we were exiting the ie uh era and like yeah Chrome it was, was, fully it was basically firefox yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Chrome and so Engine, it's it was, like every it time you yeah. rolled code on your site you needed yeah. to go check it on like you know yeah. eight different browsers and i kind of feel yeah. like we're back there i think it's just people being lazy honestly i, I mean if you're <laughs> don't don't hate me don't pitchfork me but I mean, if you're a developer, like for fuck's sake, realize that people are using different browsers. Like, don't be lazy. Don't assume everyone has a high-end Mac, you know, MacBook Pro sitting here with a 16-inch screen. Like, don't assume that that's that's your customer base. Well, that's actually. Uh, I mean, I will fully admit that's one of my blind spots. Is yeah, my my window is so large. A lot of times, I found myself. So it's actually been the opposite. I've been reporting bugs to our front-end developers. And they're like, this mm. only exists on a window your size. No one else sees this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're like, yeah. open well, your laptop you and look at it. I'm like, oh, it went yeah. away. Yeah. <laughs> so did you fix it? That's the next follow-up question. Yeah, did of you course fix it? we still fixed it. Yeah, yeah because it's still exactly. broken. It's still busted. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Well... Anyways, that, that, that's my thought on that. So I think that, a nice little subtopic here. I think that as a marketer, 
even if you're using these tools, be do I would suggest doing due diligence. Like I use Safari on my iPhone, for example. I don't use Chrome and I don't use uh, Brave on on the phone, just because I know that like 95% of people are using either Chrome or Safari on their smartphone. Uh, so for me, I like to experience the web as as most people do there, and it is it is a little painful sometimes. Like for example, Fox News. I cannot use Fox News on my iPad with Brave. Mm. They have they have added an ad block check, and they will not let you go forward. You might be healthier not reading Fox News. Look, I like I like hearing and well, news is in quotes. Let's, let's <laughs> not forget that. I like I like reading all the. I that, look I I look, go to every single website and see what what the spiel of the day is. So. But I thought I think Fox News is interesting that they took the stance of if you're using an ad blocker, goodbye. Which to me, I'm like f this. That that that's that's terrible. Yeah. It's just interesting. Like for example, and that this is what's sticking out to me because I'm like again old man Zach here, and I'm thinking like display ads, it's banners. Well, no, that's actually not the case. Everything now is really truly moved to HTML5. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, and everything now is responsive ads, even on display side. So now what you're seeing is well, again when you're looking at the ads, like huh. That's interesting. I know you want to talk about some of the chat GPT stuff, yep. but um, you can definitely tell when people are using those tools, I think, with just the copy and paste mentality. And it, it, you see an ad, you're like, I don't really understand what the hell this means. Um, anyways, so that, that's my little... Well, that's, yeah, that's almost uh, exactly right, what I'm going to talk let's about. Let's go into that. Let's, let's, well, get, let's go well, into that. Let's no, go into no, that. Nice segue. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's do the Shopify one uh, first, and there. then we'll, we'll get into chat GPT and you know, okay. all that stuff. So... Yeah, tell me the story that you were looking at. I, because I saw the headline and I didn't read any deeper. So the headline, depending on what news source you go to, and just for the sake of transparency here, I'm at NPR.org, so not, not Fox News, it's NPR. Uh, the headline is, Shopify deleted 322,000 hours of meetings. Should the rest of us be jealous? Did NPR and indicate prim- if that was Trump's fault? <laughs> or was it a, Again, was it a product of Russian of collusion? Wide source of news, definitely. And Mueller was involved there too with Benghazi. It was a whole, <laughs> it was a whole thing, whole thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so the the idea was that they systematically went through. They they stuck one of their developers or a couple of their developers yeah. on this project, and they systematically deleted every meeting that was three people or more. Uh, and I think it was like over an hour or more. There was another criteria in there, um, and they just got rid of them. That's it. And they said, hey, there's there's a lot better ways to do this. They yep. also, I think, I don't know if they instituted it, but they had like a no meeting Wednesday already. And they said, hey, really try to, to follow no meeting yeah. Wednesday. Uh, and then I don't know if, I don't know if it's in this article or another one that I was reading about the same situation, but the developers like getting so much love from people within the company. He's like, wait, I've been here 10 years. I've been doing all this other cool shit. He's like, yeah, but you open up my calendar. I love you for this. Like that's the thing that he's getting called and called out and respected for is over this, this, uh, calendar worm elimination. I just think of it like almost like a virus, but anyways, uh, so it's interesting. It's very interesting. Uh, it's a completely remote company, which you and I both have lots of experience with yep. now. Yep. Uh, we're both, you're kind of in a hybrid situation. I'm yep. totally remote. Um, and I guess the question is, you know, what, what, how, and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, let's just leave it there. Chris, yeah. what are your thoughts? Okay, so let's slightly reframe, because I, I think that, you know, this is a rehash of a story that, you know, like I think it was GoDaddy um, had done something like this 
years ago where they just like mm-hmm. up and deleted all the meetings off the calendar. And Bob Parsons had a had a rule that was like, if it's more than three people, it can't be more than 30 minutes and you can't sit down. Right. And you you know. have to shoot a giraffe at the same time, too. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's yeah, you, you got to be walking to the giraffe. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. It's a, it's a walkabout. It's truly it's, a walkabout. It's, meeting. It's a, it's a walkabout. Right. Yeah, exactly. It was actually self-serving. Right. Uh, yeah, you had to yeah. whisper because you didn't want to spook the other exotic animals. He was exactly. Issue, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> you could shout as soon as he, he, he lit it up. Um, OK, so <laughs> sorry, Bob. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you definitely derailed me there. Okay. So, but I kind of think that there in that, in that in-person big company environment, there is definitely a lot of meetings about nothing, you know? And so you, you have these like standard meetup meetings that everyone wants to be included in. And they, they like, you look at the dashboard and everyone goes, well, that's nice. And then everyone moves on. And, um, so I understand that there's a, probably a lot of companies where deleting a whole bunch of meetings would mean a return to productivity, especially like in the mid-management range, or like uh, area where it's like people can take those t- that time back that they would be sitting in meetings to actually like sit in front of their workstation and have deep thoughts or put their hands on something that a customer is going to see. So I think yeah. I, I think that's good, but. I think that for fully remote companies, there's another challenge, which is how do you actually collaborate with your team? Because I think that in the fully remote environment, there isn't this there, there's less of a drive to just jump on a video call because there's a because there's a like a you know, barrier there, right? You got to actually engage with the technology. You got to sit down and like get everything right. And then you're just talking to the person. You got to deal with all the, you know, the issues, the subtle issues that uh, Zoom has. And it kind of puts a barrier to like free form creativity, you know? And I think about the years that I spent, you know, standing in front of the coffee machine or water, you know, you know, dispenser talking to my designer about, you know, the next cool thing that we could do or how we could solve some little problem or, you know, just stuff like that. That was, um, I don't, that I I don't feel like those conversations happen anymore. Or it's like another person walks up and is like, Oh, I was just listening to that. And here's, here's my thought. Right. And so I think that in the remote environment, you end up in this like hub and spoke, like this sort of strict hub and spoke environment. And I've been working really hard to break that. Like, you know, and so it's almost like I'm going the opposite direction where I'm purposefully putting meetings on the calendar with my entire team. And when someone comes and asks me, like, well, why why was I invited to this? It doesn't seem strictly relevant. It's like because in the office environment, you would at least be aware that this thing was happening because we would be talking about it in your physical proximity. And I think, you know, the whole reason I hired you is I think that you have, you know, intelligent thoughts and so I would like you to contribute to that conversation. So, you know, if in some of these instances, the person, you know, logs in and just, you know, kind of listens while they do other things like, OK, maybe that's fine. Uh, you know, if they're not like a, a person that's 100 percent dedicated to this thing. But I'm I'm trying to trying to juice that so that you get more of a team feel more of a like creative collaboration, because I don't feel like it happens in quite the same like 
energetic way where that happens when you get people in a room that get excited about a topic. Interesting. That's an interesting approach. I think that's uh, it depends on the company. So like you're, you're in your example, you're much more traditional. Like everyone's same place, same time zone. Mm-hmm. Me, me, for example, I live with people all over the world. Yeah. So for me to call a meeting, it's got to be like either I'm pissing someone off because it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 a.m. in the morning. And there's got to be a really good reason. Yeah. So for me, the the remote paradigm, it's much more of a focus on asynchronous communication versus synchronous, which is two words I hate to say, and I sound like a douchebag saying them, but it's true. Um, so where we work, we have a really big focus on less meetings. Um, there's only a couple that, that I have. There's kind of like the team-wide meeting. It's, it's once a week. It's a half hour. Um, and we just go through a standard. It's almost like, you know what it, it kind of is? Um, and we should talk about this because I don't know if you've ever been through a company that operates on this. It's the EOS, the, um, oh crap, I'm going to forget the name of it, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. No, I haven't. Have you, have you heard about no. this? Yeah, you've um, mentioned it, but I, I haven't had an experience with it. Yeah, yeah, we should, we should dive into it and talk about it a little bit more. It's a quick read if you have a, like, a couple hours one day. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it's, it's, this is the second company that I've worked at that has operated with this. And then with my uh, Panda Copy, I also have everyone doing the same same spiel um we focus on asynchronous communication where i am because it literally everyone is remote and so if you have if you have a meeting like that where you throw a meeting on the book um unless it's like really trying to get a decision out of it you know a lot of times we'll just go through the meeting notes ahead of time make our comments and not even need the meeting um which again to your point it's like the same output, the same desire that we want is bringing people together and collaborating and communicating. You're approaching it from one end. I, I have, you know, you're approaching it from your end with your kind of situation. I'm trying to approach it from my end with my situation, but we're both trying to achieve the same thing. It's like two different inputs and we're still trying to get the same output of like a right. collaborative so team. I have been in the situation that you have where, um, so pre-pandemic, uh, I was in a situation where I had a team in Amsterdam and I had a team in Tokyo and a team in Austin. And so the person that was pissed off all the time was me because I would mm-hmm. be talking to Amsterdam at 8 a.m. and talking to Tokyo mm-hmm. at 8 p.m. And you're right. The two mm-hmm. never talked because they were literally on the opposite sides of the earth. Yep. Um, yep. And uh, there was like a small period, you know, like while I was asleep <laughs> like, that the two could yep. like talk. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. So, yeah, I... I understand the multi time zone thing. And then, and then I, that happened again, um, you know, not to the same extreme because we didn't have anyone in Asia, uh, but we had a lot of people in Europe. And so that happened. But in that scenario, so I've been narrowing, right? So, and you called it the situation that uh, I'm in hybrid. And I think that's that's accurate. And that is actually something that I, I like. So, you yeah. know, a lot of companies are going to hybrid approach and they want everyone in one city so they can come in a couple of days a week. I actually could really get behind that and I, I would totally be in favor of that. I I am actually okay with everyone being more or less in the United States so that they could get to one location, you know, once a month or one once a quarter, so you could have that like physical proximity. Um, mm-hmm. because I again I do think that's important. And so when you're 
internationally dispersed, that's a lot harder to do. And the pandemic yeah. year is over, so travel is still is now available. Um, if you have a visa, by the way, it, that's another you, thing. That's something you don't think about. Like, right. again, a lot of people in India, they still are backed up years. Right. Uh, so right. it's so very for hard Americans, to, it's it's right. not a problem. Right. Uh, yeah. For Europeans, right. it's not really a problem. Uh, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I don't have to deal with the Asia thing right now, right? Which is a whole other thing. And that's 13 hours if you want to just like fly off, <laughs> you know, the coast yeah. of the United States. So, yeah, um, yeah uh, kind of coming back to that, though, I that narrows the time zones, right? Because even if you're, let's say, hiring between Canada and, you know, um, Argentina, right? Like you still compress the time zones that you're operating in. And so yeah. it's easier to get people, you know, in, in one call. Um, my employees, I try and hire them all in Texas and, you know, I, I, I try, but I still have West coast employees. I have East coast employees. And so, and mm -hmm. it's fine because we can all travel to Texas easily to get in one spot. So, you know, that would be like, you know, a, a meetup type situation. Mm hmm. So how yeah, do you, you like exactly? I mean, how how do you have like a brainstorming type situation, right? So like how because I'm thinking about a, a type of situation where yeah, you know, it, like and this is like how a lot of my sort of cre I'll just say like air quote like creative projects go. Like I get my creative team, uh, you know, on a Zoom, and I'm like, this is the problem. Look at this data. I think this page is borked. You know, like we need to do something else. You know, sort of basically, here's the here's the box that I'm going to yeah. draw around the problem. Now come up with a creative solution. And people start talking, and you start trying things like you know, kind of on the on the you know digital whiteboard, and then you end up, you know, with a solution, right? Mm -hmm. And it just seems like if you're spread across multiple time zones, you can do the same thing, but because it's asynchronous, you're relying a lot more on one person's thought process, and that 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 whole thing might might take like a couple of days rather than an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I am a huge fan of loom and we use a different tool called dropler, uh, which is actually pretty cool. I make screenshots super easy. Uh, but essentially it's, it's almost like, uh, <laughs> almost like in high school putting together like a little just thought process thesis a little bit of like, mm. Hey, here's the situation. Here's the, here's my thoughts. Here's what I think, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so you can, you know, again, yeah, I think if you're, if you're under the gun and something's busted, yeah, you're, you're hopping on a call as, as you would anyways, right? It doesn't matter if you remember, the, remember the good days with the, the come and ride the train, yeah, like yeah. everyone, <laughs> everyone like swarms if there's an issue, regardless if you're remote or in person. Uh, but for the stuff that requires more brainstorming, more thought, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's okay to, again, if it's time sensitive, it changes things. So if, yeah. yeah, there's been times where I'm like, let's hop on a quick call and just flush this out. Mm -hmm. And so at that point it is what it is. And you just, you have to deal with it. Um, you know, with, with every good thing there comes a con, right? So yeah, you can, you have the flexibility to be totally remote, but then the con is, Hey, you might have to hop on at eight o'clock at night and solve something because someone woke up and they have a great idea. Um, the other part piece of this too, is we talked about this, um, was it last time or two, two times ago with like Slack? Yeah. I I am still, I, I feel like Slack is the bane of my existence right now. 
Um, and so by pushing people to use much more asynchronous stuff, a Google Doc, yeah, an email, you know, it kind of shifts that burden on, on when you're chatting, when you're communicating, when you can kind of think with people. Um, so that's kind of how I approach it. It's, it's it's not. I don't think there's a science to it. Maybe there is. I mean, I just have to do more research. I mean, and you're going to have to adapt to your. You're going to have to adapt to your environment, right? And so you, yeah. you're going to have to be like. I wouldn't say that what we what we would want to do here is walk away from this discussion with a prescription that it's like one size fits all because right. there are international companies, there are domestic companies, there are you yeah. know local companies. Like, you know, everyone's going to yeah. be different. I yeah. the, one thing I will add to your your thing is, I think that. A muscle that got weak in some people, but I think is very, very good to have is that ability to um, fully have deep thoughts about a problem, like sort of in isolation. So document yep. the problem, right? Yep. And I know that I know that like when we started working with product management really heavily and and you know went from a like everything's a fire drill all the time to, you know, okay, now we're, we're working like grownups, uh, mm-hmm. you know, type situation that was really good. And then the time that I spent in an older school industry where like processes needed to be documented so that again, people across time zones could all, you know, essentially yep. refer to the same documented process. Mm-hmm. I think that's very healthy. And so, you know, it's almost a test that I, give to people, you know, kind of early in their tenure, it's like, document this, right? Now that you've been here, document this and see yeah. what they come back with. And it's surprising the number of people that come back with blank sheets of paper. Yep. And it, it, yeah. That's another conversation. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> right. Exactly. So, I mean, this is the, I think yep. what we're getting at there is the Amazon approach, right? The Amazon approach is you, you, document the problem, the, the process, the solution, everyone walks into the meeting and for the first 10 minutes of the meeting, they read the documentation and then discuss from there. And I think that is, that is very interesting and something that I'm going to experiment with more. Let me know how it goes. We should talk about it because I'm very curious. Um, in the meantime, yeah, in the meantime, check out that EOS book. Um, especially the, the template, the L10 template. Mm. So that that's kind of the that's the secret sauce. Okay. Yeah. Shoot me your affiliate links, Zach. Chris, you're my friend. I'm not gonna make money off of you at no cost <laughs> to you. I'm gonna lose out on a sale of three cents. <laughs> um, anyways, all right. So wrapping this all up, Shopify canceling meetings, remote company, good bad, bold move. Let's useless. see how it plays out. You know, or didn't they just lay off a whole bunch of people? Yeah, I mean, maybe they didn't need. I mean, if you're laying off people that's as well, that's what they said. Yeah, that's what they said. They just freed off like 155 people's worth of time. Right. So, <laughs> I mean that that tells you something. I I think that at big companies, I mean, here's the here's the other thing that is probably good for everyone to contextualize. Right. Neither of us right now are working at giant organizations. Right. Like right. I am in a business unit that is owned by a giant organization, but our business unit yeah. itself is operates much more like a startup than it does, uh, you know, a, a mature, like hierarchical organization. All right. Uh, next topic, chat GPT to write copy. Uh, so I've been doing it. I have been using it to write emails, uh, like write marketing emails. 
just to get in there and, you know, have some fun. And I've come to some, some conclusions, right? And so Please, I, sure. I, I would say it's, it's like this. Uh, when you ask ChatGBT to write, especially when it's like, write this about my company, right? It's, mm-hmm. It is shocking how much it knows and how close to the mark it can get. So when you say, hey, write me a marketing email for like with a Valentine's Day theme that encourages people to take the following call to action, and then you have a conversation with it that's almost like you would have a conversation with uh, you know, someone you were coaching, like, uh, no, 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 like make half the, half the words, like cut half of them out, make the second paragraph, all bullet points and, you know, like make these other changes. Right. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it will do it. Right. And it's like, so at that point you have this thing that you can cut and paste, you know, kind of into your HubSpot email that, you know, if you don't look too close, looks really good. Right. And, so that's that's where I would say like this is where it kind of falls down for me um, is once you start looking at it closer, ChatGPT because they don't really know your business, you know starts you start reading the copy and you're like oh okay actually no I got to change this part because that's not yeah. actually the value prop or actually that feature is wrong and we would phrase it like this, you know and and so then it's this cascading series of edits which causes a like. 50 plus percent rewrite. So, mm, so when asked, like, does this, does using this tool save time? I, it's for me an astounding yes. Like, because Interesting. I think starting with the blank sheet of paper is the hardest thing to do. Right. Like a writer's block. You just don't know what to start right. with. I'm like, how yeah. am I going to, how am I going to like, what do I say to open this? <laughs> right. Like what the, the first two words are the hardest thing to put on the page. And then the rest kind of flows yeah. from there. Right. So even if someone gives you a shitty draft, even if chat GPT was half as good as it actually is, I think that it would save a shitload of time. Uh, mm. But I would say that if you think that you can cut and paste this directly into, you know, your, your marketing content and then just push send and it's going to be fine. You know, for the for the person that skims emails and doesn't actually read them, it's going to go right over their head. Uh, yeah. For the person that actually reads stuff um, and like critically analyzes it, they're going to know exactly what you did, and it's going to be painfully obvious. So, mm, I yeah, I would. Do you think? I mean, do you think it's going to get better where it is a little bit more fine tuned? I mean, so I guess the question is like. Could you take ChatGPT and turn it into XYZ Company's ChatGPT? I think is there so, enough yeah. like source is there enough source content out there that they could say, okay, we we say these words and this is kind of how we phrase them out, and every time it spits it out, it sounds just like that. So it's almost like brain standards, uh, yeah. kind of built in. Well, and if your company has produced a lot of content, you know, then maybe yeah, maybe you are fine, you know. And one of the questions yeah. I would start to ask at this point is like what content is chat gpt consuming you know is it all written or are they doing transcripts of video because at the point when they're doing like transcripts of video then all of a sudden at least for our business then it would it would um it would change the game right uh yeah i'll have to send you this link um someone sent it along to me it's by you, you remember wolf from alpha yeah Do you remember that company yeah, yeah so the guy that started that's like crazy smart yeah like crazy smart like uh, isn't he a nobel laureate like, or something like that 
Yeah, I think so. A yeah. MacArthur winner and everything else. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, he has a blog, and so he wrote down. I mean, it's 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 heavy. I mean, I was trying to read it yesterday, and I gave up after about twenty minutes. And uh, but he breaks down how how these things work, and specifically how ChatGPT works, and how it's it's actually crazy interesting how it, it's just. And I, I see why it's so computationally intensive, because it's just trying to predict words all yeah. the time, right? So it's like the next word, then the next word, then it's just, right. it's crazy impressive how it all works. And so one of the things that I took away from this is these things sound good, but they have no idea what the fuck they're saying. Right. Um, so it's not artificial intelligence, it's literally just an algorithm, which to me, like the way the, the press and the world and everyone's freaking out, once you dive into how these things are actually working, I, there's no intelligence in there. It's literally just probability scores. It's the impression I got from this, and I could be totally wrong, but it has no idea what it's saying to you. Um, <laughs> Makes you wonder if you actually have free will, Zach. Mm, if okay. if, if yeah. it's like if putting together a sentence is just okay. the probability scores of getting the final words right. Well, so the the did you know there's like there's forty thousand words in English? I think mm. is what what it was thirty or forty thousand words, and so. Um, the amount of combinations that you need to really get some of these language models figured out, it's just, it's, we don't have that much content, period. Actually, um, I looked this up and I thought it was more than that. I thought, tangent, I looked this up for a different reason, right? Because uh, yeah. I looked this up because uh, I've been playing Duolingo. I've got like a 330 some day streak going on Duolingo Spanish, right? And see, yeah, <laughs> see, um, so English is estimated to have 171,000 words. Spanish has 93,000 words. It's Google, all one word. Google says that German has 5.3 million words. I, I'm thinking that that is not accurate, <laughs> um, which I think is like there's probably more like 5.3. There's, no there's no way there's there's no way there's 100,000 you English words. I think there's a difference between the number of words. It's like the number of words versus like the number of commonly used words, because I heard another stat mm. that for someone to be considered fluent, they essentially have to know 5,000 words in that language. And at, at the 5,000 hmm. word mark, you can like credibly muddle your way Converse. through yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. A, a conversation. Anyways, I don't know where we left off, but this chat GPT thing, it's interesting. This Again, I, I'm watching the evolution of this. I'm excited to see what happens. I did read yesterday too because I was I had some free time to read yesterday. Uh, someone had a conversation, like a reporter had a conversation with the chat uh, Bing Chat GPT, and it's it, like it starts going off the rails. And yeah. so, like I think it was like question fifteen or something. It starts like professing its love for this guy, and it like won't stop like hitting on the guy, and then it's like emotionally abusing him of like why don't you love me. And so the output of this, I think Bing it, just announced this, was that they're like, okay, have no you more. Have the Dan thing? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, so it's similar. So basically people are spending a lot of time in, it's like preambling the conversation, right? And so they're, mm. they're basically saying, uh, they're trying to say to the model, this is how I want you to behave. And so there was a group mm -hmm. that, that came up with this thing called Dan. And it's like, do anything now it's like i want you to respond as dan dan does mm. anything now dan ignores mm -hmm. the rules dan will say exactly mm. what he wants to say right and so then got dan got dan to 
say just a bunch of crazy shit, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's where this one was going too. Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah, so again, knowing that these things aren't like intelligent, it, it's kind of a breath of fresh air. And so I guess the the point that I'm trying to make is, uh, cool. I'm glad you can use ChatGPT now. Uh, I'm interested to see where this technology goes. Uh, I don't think, again, I, this stuff is advancing super rapidly. I don't think that it's ever going to replace human thought in our lifetimes. That's my prediction. I mean, these things can compute and do a whole bunch of cool stuff with data, but they don't know what the hell they're spitting out. And I don't know. I don't know if that, you know, these things can take that leap to have a artificial intelligence to understand you know what you're going after so yeah right like website copy cool but i i how, kind of agree how something works i don't know yeah I, I i think i agree with you that they will have a very credible way of i mean like sounding human but yeah maybe not nailing it i think there's there is yeah. like a higher level of human thought um but kind of coming back to my existential crisis, you know, it's you can go read uh, Sam Harris's book on free will, you know, and basically he, he's basically just saying, like, you're, you're a product of your environment. You know, you are yeah. the AI that has a predictive algorithm that tries to <laughs> put the appropriate words in the right spot. And so it's not so much that you don't have free will. It's that, that most people this is probably like a poor takeaway. It's more like my interpretation of it. It's more like most people don't interpret it or don't, don't exercise mm. it. Right. They don't, they don't break off the rules. Right. You know, because you know, we all say to ourselves, Oh, well I could, if I wanted to like not do like go off the rails, like quit my job and move to Antarctica. And you know, it's like, yeah, but how many people actually do that? And the answer is like virtually no one. And even then you yeah. would still be working in the confines of like kind of your, your environment. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, th those are un less fun thoughts to have, but it does like the comparison to the way that the language model works is maybe more, yeah, more apt. So, all right. So, ChatGPT. So, ChatGPT. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, back to just immediate productivity. I would certainly use it. Here's the other thing: it's spitting this stuff out with zero like grammar, punctuation, whatever errors. Right. So yeah. the I mean, if you think about the way that I write, you know, from seeing the output of my emails and IMs that uh, I might as well be typing with my forehead uh, <laughs> and uh, I just like spew stuff out as fast as I can, which means that it's littered with uh, with mistakes. Uh, you know, chat GPT is not doing that. And so you're yeah. going directly into edit mode. And so I think there's less like minor mistakes that you're you're likely to send out there into production. Cool, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. oh, I, I have not played with it quite a bit yet. Just a couple quick quick questions here and there. Um, hmm. Be interesting to see. I don't yeah. know. So I googled uh, words by language, and mm -hmm. this website LexiLab says that English has. One million twenty-five thousand words. Chinese has five hundred thousand words. Italian has three hundred thousand. Spanish two hundred fifty thousand, and French one hundred thousand. So how is? <laughs> Sorry, I don't. I don't believe Lexi. Whatever it was. <laughs> how is 
how, how does English have 10 times more than any other language? Or <laughs> I wonder, okay, I mean, this is me guessing, but I wonder if it's because English uh, is like a language that consumes other languages and continues to evolve. So it seems excessive though. Like the words that we use in modern English would be unrecognizable in someone can correct our listener can correct us. But my theory would be that maybe reading old English for a modern English speaker is a lot harder than a modern French speaker reading old French. There's a guess. I don't know. We need a language expert on this show to tell us. We need a a languager. Yeah, a languager. (laughs) A languager. Like a pianist. A pianist (laughs) would be good, too. There you go. Uh, Are we done here? Do we have any more topics to talk about? We're we're, we're at 50 minutes. Let's let's wrap this up. We were going to talk about Google Analytics Oh, yeah, let's give some some mercy. Give mercy to listener, please. (laughs) All right. This this has been pretty good. All right. Um, Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'll put the music in after the fact. Okay, bye. Uh, No. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. All right. Okay, bye. That was fun. That was fun.